Ahoy there! Anybody? Hello? Oh, hi. It's me, Uniqua. And I'm a castaway on a desert island. Hi, I'm Madison Malone Kircher. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Today, Rachel, today I have to show you a cursed object, courtesy of my little sister. I see cursed objects run in the family. <laughs> it's true. This one is an Instagram post that comes courtesy of the official Instagram account of VeggieTales, which is a children's TV show about sentient oh, vegetables. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's also, and they sing bops. It's also a very Christian TV show. Yeah. Oh, propaganda from, yeah, no. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's a, a cucumber named Larry and I believe a tomato named Bob. Mm-hmm. This particular post is Larry, who is a cucumber. Yes. Um, and in it, he is chilling. The, the text says just chilling, and he's lying with his head atop a pillow. And notably, he has two cucumber slices over his eyes. Wait, but he's... Uh-huh. Um, and this is the official VeggieTales Instagram it account. Is. It okay. is. Okay, so they're condoning cannibalism? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's unclear. Like, did Larry, <laughs> did Larry eat the cucumbers when he was done? Did he throw them out? Where, who, who did he chop up? Is that just like yeah. his feet on his face now? I have questions. Um, I gotta say, when you first sent this to me last night, I didn't quite realize what, like, exactly how haunted this post was. I thought you just sent it to me because the caption says, God is good, or some shit. And I was like, haha, I forgot the VeggieTales are deeply Christian. But no. No. This is even more horrifying. And morbid. (laughs) Christian and cannibalist. That's actually not the only cartoon kids show we're gonna talk about today, though, right? Um, no, because later in the show, we are going to be explaining why a 15-year-old song from an animated show for toddlers is a TikTok song of the summer. But first, you know them, you love them. We're giving you a few high-speed downloads. High-speed downloads is a game we like to play here on ICYMI, where Rachel and I get 60 seconds to explain a piece of internet from the week to each other. So maybe it's a tweet that came across your timeline, a TikTok that 17 people sent you, just an inexplicable meme, something like that. Uh, And we will take one minute and talk as fast as we possibly can, try and make sure you get what's going on. If you don't like listening to people talk really fast, uh, maybe consider listening to this part of the show at 0.5x speed because uh, we're going to talk faster than... The hmm. speed of light? The speed of sound. Sure. Yes. I was going to say someone auditioning for an Aaron Sorkin movie, but that's better. The speed of sound. All right, Madison, what are you speed of sounding into my ears today? I don't want to give too much away. So all I'm going to say is I'm talking about a photo, a paparazzi photo of Faiko Waititi, Tessa Thompson, and Rita Ora. Wow. Already into it. All right. You have one minute on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Thaco YTT is a film and television director, producer, screenwriter, actor, and comedian. He's uh, New Zealandish. He's from New Zealand. Um, <laughs> he's low-key. Actually, not even low-key. Kind of a daddy. Also, he's literally a father. Uh, did you see Jojo Rabbit? That was him. He was the titular rabbit. I'm kidding. That's that's just totally inaccurate. He played Hitler, but it was his movie. Um, he's divorced. He directed Thor Ragnarok, which stars Tessa Thompson and also some men. He's also uh, directing the new Thor, which Tessa is also, also in. This will become important in a moment. Tessa Thompson. I'm not going to even devote any breath to explaining to you who Tessa Thompson is on this podcast. Either you know who she is. And I'll see you at Pride, and that's why I'm not explaining. Or you can head to YouTube and watch the music for Midi, or you 
then head to YouTube and watch the music video for Janelle Monae's Pink. Rita Ora, oh my God, Rita Ora. Who is Rita Ora? Shout out, Who Weekly. Rita Ora is a pop star who sings songs you'd know probably if somebody started singing them, but you'd also all be like, who the fuck sings this? And they'd be like, I don't know. She played Christian Grey's sister in Fifty Shades of Grey. She has that one track called Girls with Cardi B and BB Rex and Charlie XCX that was so homophobic. Ten she literally was forced to come out of the closet as Crisis PR. <laughs> also, notably, Rita Ora is white. What do all these three people have to do together? They were spotted by the paparazzi in Australia, maybe making out. They're potentially a thruple. We don't really know. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, for spending majority of your time not explaining what's going on, you did pretty well. <laughs> I just, I said I wasn't going to talk about Tessa Thompson, and then I proceeded to, like, talk about honestly, Tessa Thompson. Who cannot talk about Tessa Thompson when she's right there in front of you? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. However, you do get one more sentence if you need it. It can be a run-on. It can contain seven M-dashes if you want. All right. So basically what you need to know about these photos is that there's, at least in my opinion, some interpretive license being taken. Frankly, the pictures of them, quote unquote, kissing look a lot like that video of Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift making out. Are they all smooching? Are they a throuple? Were they just shotgunning some smoke? Like we have questions and no answers, which is Rita Ora's entire brand. Come to think of it. Also, Rita Ora. One more time. This I'm cheating. Rita Ora's white. News I can definitely use because yeah. I, I did not know that. I did not know that until today. Okay, Rachel, it is your turn. What are uh, what do you have for us today? I have for you a tale as old as time. Girl flies cross country to meet boy. Boy rejects her, goes viral on Twitter. Ah, uh, yes. A classic. I believe Jane Austen wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. You have 60 seconds on the clock. Three, uh-huh. two, one, go. Okay, Rebecca Renner is a science writer on Twitter, and she um, flew across the country to meet this boy, and she's like, a personal tragedy in my life reminding me that life is uncertain and too goddamn short. We don't know what the tragedy is. Did someone die? So she booked a plane ticket, and now she's going to go tell this guy that she loves him. The tweet currently has 11.8K likes and over 600 retweets. She's in an airport in a mask, clearly ready for her rom-com moment, almost immediately went viral, people being like, I love this, people should take more chances. And someone was like, this should be a rom-com, it should be a novel. And she's like, I've lived an entire romance novel in the past month, down to the partial it's truly wild she tags her agent in a tweet to like sell the rights to her story also plans to write a modern love column because apparently she went on a road trip with this guy across like route 66 and was like we're in love but maybe not and so um as you can tell by the fact that we're talking about this it did not end well she's like i got rejected here's me at my shitty motel in ashland oregon sorry to disappoint you twitter and so she does the story with new york post with the guy where she reveals his extremely unique name which i won't be repeating on him i won't be repeating on here and did so with his permission but like he's not a public figure and she very much is and <clears throat> okay when we're done with this episode i want to talk about this for six hours with you because i'm fascinated <laughs> i like i feel like i just start yelling towards the end i'm just like i need to get out everything that's in my brain right now also route 66 sounds fake i was like wait <laughs> that's, that's a thing from cars like yeah. the pixar universe of cars life is a highway um <laughs> Wow. Um, Okay, Uh, so what is your final addition to the uh, just tweeting through it romantic saga of one Rebecca Renner? um, It's a two-part sentence. It has two clauses. The first clause is that she has over 100K followers on Twitter, so I just immediately had the little voice in my head that is you that was like, whenever someone who is already kind of internet famous tries to go viral, I'm immediately like, hmm, and I was like, hmm. (laughs) 
And is that what I sound like in your head? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what you sound like in my head. (laughs) What do you mean? And then she also did this New York Post piece. And in the piece, she says, we are being forgiving of each other, to which I have many questions, which is, what do you have to forgive him for? He, you, you flew across the country to surprise him and live tweeted it to thousands of people. I would be say you need to apologize to him. I have a question that I need you to answer, which is not yeah. violating the rules because Ooh, you, it's not. I'm asking. Did yeah. she write the New York Post article or did they interview her? They interviewed her. She did not write it. But, you know, you might see this coming to a modern love column near you if uh, Miss Renner has her way. (laughs) Okay, we are going to go use our inhalers. And uh, while we do that, think about why it's a good idea that none of us ever tweet. When we get back from the break, though, we are going to shift gears and talk about TikTok's latest viral earworm, a 2005 song from the Backyardigans. Apologies in advance for getting this uh, this absolute banger stuck in your head. Castaways, we are castaways. Ahoy there, ahoy. We are castaways. We're stuck where we are. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we are back and we are stuck where we are with no house, no car. What I'm saying is we are castaways. Fact, no cap. <laughs> No. (laughs) We're going to talk about how TikTok has given a perfectly fine, actually, a very good children's television show uh, about a tiny pink cartoon who is friends with a moose and a penguin and a kangaroo, uh, how this show got a second life as a viral phenomenon. We are going to talk about how, like, every third video on TikTok is somebody throwing it back or remixing Castaways. Which has led to the song hitting the top of the Spotify Viral 50 chart, which um, has some kind of murky calculus. I have no idea how this is calculated, but it's number one. That's all you need to know. We're going to get into the how and why of it all, and perhaps more importantly, why TikTok's position as an ever-churning factory of nostalgia bait all but ensures that this exact same thing will happen again in approximately two weeks. Or it's happening right now. Who's to say? <laughs> We're going to take this as chronologically as one can, uh, with the caveat that TikTok, by design, really does not like uh, 
<laughs> no, they hate to, a chronology. Uh, yeah, to uh, help a person make a timeline, to help a person find an original source creator. Uh, <laughs> Is this by design? Is it a psyop? We'll never know. But we can somewhat trace this back to one woman on TikTok announcing that Backyardigans is on Paramount Plus, which, to my knowledge, is just a repository for, like, Cheers and Backyardigans and nothing else. Please, no one tell me what else is on this platform. I, that's it. And I've only seen one of those, and it's not Cheers. Hey, y'all, so I was watering my plants, but then I noticed something. And kids born after 2013 do not know about backyard again. Like, who the fuck is this ugly ass little ball head ass little boy? Look! That's why I'm here to put y'all kids onto the fresh and juicy bops that Uniqua and the gang was making, okay? Now let's get into the immaculate flavor of what is backyard against music. Part four! This one right here hit every time. So it pans over to her in her living room, I'm guessing, and her TV's on the floor. This is important. The TV's on the floor behind her, playing the scene from Castaways. And she is in front of the screen, just doing a little, like, samba move, like, dancing along, adding in her little ad-libs, like, throwing it back to this absolute bop. Don't hit that worm! Don't hit that worm! Don't hit that worm! I love that video. I love every single one of those videos. She has a series, and I think that the one with Castaways is, is like part four in her series. And they mostly feature her kind of either sitting down, scrolling through Paramount Plus, or one of them features her watering her plants. <laughs> I like that she's watering her plants with an empty wine bottle with a cap in it. How else do you water your plants, Madison? Fair point. Um, we will link in the show notes, but if you want to go find her, her name is Leisha on TikTok, and she's at Swag Surf with three Fs. So this uh, series from at Swag Surf starts in early March. The Castaways video is from the beginning of April. So this this trend has been a brewing for some time now, a nice slow build. But so before we get into the kind of May rise of castaways we kind of have to do a little background on what exactly the backyardigans is for getting in the time machine (laughs) our audience who isn't as familiar (laughs) with the immaculate flavor of the backyardigans i am mostly familiar with the backyardigans because i spent one summer as a very lackluster uh glorified babysitter for a five-year-old and you know what buys you some time where you don't have to engage with a (laughs) five-year-old several episodes of the backyardigans oh I, I would say same, but I wasn't babysitting because it was my little brother. But I spent a lot of time as a lackluster old, like older sibling who didn't want to actually be babysitting. And so I just, I put on Backyardigans. Um, so I could probably sing most of these songs from memory, given the opportunity to. This is the opportunity to. I lied, I'm not going to take that opportunity. Anyway, the show started in 2004. It lasted for four seasons and ended in 2013. I think the most important thing about the show is that it was created by a black woman named Janice Burgess. And I'm just going to say, I really feel like the bops, the flavor, all come down to the fact that a black woman had the major creative hand in this. The show was on Nickelodeon. It stars a tiny pink being not of this earth, she's a unique creature, and that is her name too, Uniqua. And her little gang of friends, as I mentioned, a kangaroo, a moose, I'm really testing my memory here. There's one more. Penguin. There's a penguin. Pablo. Pablo yes. the penguin. Uh, sorry to Pablo. Sorry to this Pablo. 
Nico. Hi, Tyrone. Pablo? You're a castaway on this desert island, too? You betcha. Oh, we thought we were all alone. Nope, I'm definitely here, too. <sighs> all right. Shout out to Evan Lurie and uh, Doug Weiselman, uh, who wrote the music and lyrics for these bops. So as we mentioned, the the timeline of the show airing lines up perfectly to the childhood of most Gen Zers slash an era where young millennials or middle millennials like Rachel and myself would have seen this show passively. You know, we weren't actively its consumers. But it was always around. If you had younger siblings, if you babysat, you would probably be familiar with the concept of this show and like the Backyard Against theme song at the very least, which means that it kind of has all the perfect makings of a TikTok sound, which is ubiquity, catchiness, simplicity, endless ability to be remixed and covered, which gives us the current moment we're in where every third video on my FYP is just people (laughs) doing something to castaways, something, anything, everything. All of its castaways. In case you haven't experienced that particular joy, uh, we're going to create a little FYP experience that's for you, Paige, in TikTok parlance uh, right here on ICYMI, starting with probably the most simple of the options, which is just a straight up clip from the show that has been liked a million times on TikTok. Castaways. So this clip, it's just the clip of the show. So it's Uniqua and Pablo and Tyrone just doing a little kind of like bossa nova dance in a backyard. It's all in this like super saturated kids colors. Like it's that that's the entire video. If that's not your vibe, there are covers. There are covers of covers. We've got indie pop. We are castaways. We've got Bossa Nova. We've got ninth grade choir kids. Here we go. Castaways. We are castaways. We've got Black Church. Castaways. We are castaways. Ahoy they don't end here. The joy, the joy expressed that is castaways. We're just getting started. There's um, a TikTok I really love of a guy just absolutely roasting the Backyardigans. Backyardigans from least to most talented. I ain't gonna say too much because you know kangaroos know how to fight. But anyway, your singing is off key and flat. You look high every episode. So because you can't actually see this video, I'm just gonna give you the order from least to most talented. Last, we have Austin the Kangaroo, R.I.P., then Tyrone, the moose, Pablo, the penguin, Tasha, the yellow hippo, followed by none other than the most important character on the show, Miss Uniqua. I don't know what animal you're supposed to be, but to me, you like a mutated roach. But either way, sis was the Beyonce of the backyard. And because it's TikTok, we can't just have, you know, people roasting cartoon characters. We also have to have dances. So there are a few dance routines, which they're all set to the Castaways theme song, which at this point I'm sure you can probably sing because you've heard it so many times on this show specifically. But the ones that we are talking about are made by two very popular TikTok dance accounts. They are The Basement Boys, which are three Canadian boys who 
dance in their basement. It's very self-explanatory. And then there's Austin Marr, who are two dancers who just dance to every popular TikTok sound, basically. And both of them have over a million TikTok followers, which is kind of really important in terms of the scheme of how far this sound is going, is once the kind of really big accounts start hopping on a trend, you know that it is um, indeed popular and also probably about to be on its way out. But there's also some interesting kind of like representation TikToks. Like people seem fully convinced that these uh, anthropomorphic animals, they are also people of color. And to be quite honest, yeah, like Unique was a black ass name. Like Unique being black. Pablo, people are saying he's Latino or indigenous. Tyrone, I'm sorry, that's also a black name. And so there are just a few TikToks in this kind of vein of being like, these characters who are saturated pink and blue and orange, they are people of color. And these TikToks are, are not wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna go on a limb and say that. <laughs> The bigger question here is, why did this happen? Like, what about TikTok was the perfect medium for the, the rise, the return, the rebirth of the Backyardigans? The triumphant return of Uniqua was brought on by the fact that, as I'm sure most people who have used TikTok before know, is that TikTok's kind of a bit of a nostalgia factory. That's true. Like, the sounds that often go viral are new songs, that quickly become ubiquitous or like remixed older songs that already have some ubiquity and castaways as evidenced by the fact that Rachel and I, two people who never anecdotally Rachel and I, two people (laughs) who, who never watched the show as children know all of the words is a very scientific study. It has been peer reviewed. The peer is Rachel. Um, (laughs) We are the peers reviewing. (laughs) We are the peers reviewing Uh, castaways hits into that second category. Yeah. The Backyard Against Renaissance actually reminds me of there was a moment in March where Out of the Box, which was a 90s children's television show on the Disney Channel, uh, hosted by just two lovely souls, Tony and Vivian, uh, had a had its had its sort of moment like Tony's daughter joined TikTok and it all transpired to Tony and Vivian singing the show's closing number together on TikTok. And I was very tickled. I just cried. Of all the pandemic reunions I was forced to consume, this was the only one I really wanted. Truly. And I didn't even know it. But it, it speaks to the idea that the, the captive audiences on TikTok span an age range. But it's not... What, what we're trying to get at is, right, that TikTok is not just that newfangled app that, like, young kids use. Like, everybody's on TikTok right now. It's extremely fun. It's extremely entertaining. And it means that like when things like this or God, I'm I'm sorry, but I swear this is a decent parallel. The West Wing has also had a bit of a TikTok renaissance. And I think it's for the same reason that the Backyardigans has. And it's that there is a generation of people using this app who know that show intimately and therefore are ready for the interpolations of it as comedy, as dance routines, as thirst, you name it. You brought it home. And I'm going to I'm going to bring it home even further to another kind of I mean, this is why Harry Potter is so popular on the app. Like it's a specific generation and Twilight. You could talk about Harry Potter. I could talk about the West Wing. <laughs> Fine. But Harry Potter and Twilight both have very large fandoms on the app. But most of them are not. It's not fandoms in the same way that you kind of really expect it to be, where it's like somewhat rabid, somewhat uncritical. It is mostly people who engage with it when they were much younger and have a certain nostalgia for it, but also fully acknowledge that it was not 
great. Like they're they're halfway mucking fun of it, especially in regards to Twilight. It is mostly all jokes, but like they'll also fight you about it, you know? And that is kind of the perfect description of like the kind of TikTok nostalgia that has become the app's bread and butter. Yeah. I just we're all sitting there ready for tiny microdoses of the hell of a drug that is feeling kind of old and a little bit wistful. Hey Tony. Hey Viv. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) Thanks. Everyone home safe? Mm Mm-hmm. Safe and sound. Great. So you ready to sing goodbye? Sure. All right. So long, farewell to you, my friends. Goodbye. All right. That's the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It's free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. If you're checking us out for the very first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here in our backyard. Uh, And if you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. And in the meantime, if there is a children's cartoon viral thing happening that uh, you would like explained. A uh, Harry Potter fan edit set to praying by Kesha that you would like to speak to me about? Drop us a note at icymi at slate.com or follow us on Twitter at icymi underscore pod. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor and Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Or not. I think y'all called them Ed and Larry and it's Bob and Larry. I knew it wasn't Ed! <laughs> oh no, Ed and Larry are West Wing characters! <laughs> Fuck you! And you're fucking Aaron Sorkin of bullshit! <laughs>